You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Featuring Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author of 12 books and a 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated. Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality. And Christian Miller, a national championship-winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian. Hey, welcome into Big Noon Sports. What a beautiful day it is in Alabama, and also clouds have broken at Augusta, and it is a beautiful day for day one of the Masters. We're going to go back to yesterday for just a minute because we started talking about what we would select as our champion's dinner. I mentioned my dessert would be peach cobbler. Guess what? My wife fixed for dessert last night, peach cobbler. And then I'm looking at the leaderboard, and it's Victor Hovland. Uh, who is from Norway. And yesterday, Lars, <laughs> he was given his dessert, and I can't remember. It was Rasha Shusha or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. Lefsa, that's, that's yeah. it. That's it. Yeah. But, uh, Victor Avlin, he, he's got big game. He's from Oslo. He does. Um, but I, I just thought that kind of tied into yesterday's show. But, um, hey, guys, how are you? You watching the Masters? I certainly am. Yeah, and uh, Tiger just made the turn at uh, two over through nine holes. Um, he, he's hitting the ball pretty well, um, but uh, just having a little bit of trouble here and there. Uh, but uh, right now, the like you said, the leader, uh, Hovland, is at what? Uh, minus four. Five. five, yeah, minus five, and uh, what a terrific round, uh, terrific start. He's off to, and you know, it's sort of the the biggest cliche of the week of of Monday or of Thursday and Friday at the Masters is. You can't win it on Thursday or Friday, but you can lose it on Thursday and Friday. So you really, you just want to be, I I think you want to be around even par, maybe minus one, minus two after uh, Thursday, after Friday's round. I think the weather is going to turn there. Um, Who that favors, I have no idea, Um, but you know, in just in, in reading a lot about the Masters and listening to the guys who know a lot about golf, everybody seems to be, not everybody, but a vast majority of people are leaning toward the guy who you like, Matt, and that's, and, and that's John Rahm. And uh, right now, what Rahm is uh, one under. So... Um, Oh, he's dropped some shots. I had him at three under. I've got to refresh my leaderboard here. Um, yeah. You, want, you talked about Hovland having game. I think Rom's got maybe just a, a hair above Hovland's game. Uh, Rom, I don't know if he's still number one in the world, but uh, he was here recently. Um, I like his game. I like his demeanor, but uh, we'll see. Uh, Tiger Woods is having trouble with his putter, and then he had a horrible chip that didn't quite make it up the – onto the green and it rolled back into one of those little valleys around it so he's having trouble with the short game which is something that he used to excel in excuse me 
He used to excel in everything. Yeah, and um, you know, and what, he was he was really confident in his short game coming in because he's like got, got a little setup in his backyard where he's working on his short game constantly, right? And uh, it, it's surprising to me that that is where he is struggling right now. No, I would have figured he might have struggled a little bit uh, just because of his injury, but he doesn't seem to be favoring that. Uh, his problems are right now, from what I see, golf-related. But, you know, he is still Tiger, and if he can fight it out and manage to make the cut, I think Saturday is going to be the key day for him. He'll be three rounds in. Uh, of course, you count the practice rounds as well. And that, I think, particularly with the with the chance of inclement weather, uh, is going to be his uh, say or go type day. But yeah. I'll tell you this, though. Isn't it good to just see him playing at Augusta? Yeah. I mean, I, I no, get a lot terrific. out of that. It's yeah. terrific. And, and you're right. He, he's missed a, a pair of... Uh, of uh, actually three putts of about four feet or less and uh, five feet or less. And he normally drains those. So if you take away that, if, 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 uh, he would be uh, one under if he if had drained all those. And he typically does. Um, you got to have the putter working to win this tournament, obviously. And, uh, and notably, Justin Thomas, he's one under uh, through eight. And, uh, of course, we all in Alabama are rooting for him, and, and uh, hopefully he can be in contention this weekend. Uh, you know, Justin has uh, struggled a little bit as of late and um, has fallen out of the top ten for the first time in a long time. Uh, and uh, the, the my pick is Roy McIlroy. Uh, I heard Jack Nicholas this morning say that Roy McElroy has more talent right now than any golfer in the world. It's just he's not patient. He does he's not patient. Like he's just he he's not willing to, you know, take the conservative shot and, you know, take your medicine and, you know, say you have a wayward tee shot and just take your medicine, take the bogey. He's going to try, you know, the spectacular shot to save par and then end up making double bogey or triple. Um, but uh, I, I just love Rory. I think his, his swing is just beautiful. I uh, have told my son that, that we've watched Rory together, Lincoln and I have, and I say that that is what you want. That's what you want, right? there but uh christian have uh have you had a chance to check out the masters at all not yet no yeah. I, i'm not gonna lie i was running errands all all morning <laughs> but uh, i'm excited for I, I love i love the masters i love um being able to just to kind of just tune in even if it's kind of in and out um you know if i have time to sit down and watch it, i will but even if not i'm always checking the scoreboard on my phone or kind of pulling it up i have a streaming app on my phone so if i'm at the gym i'll pull it up um, just a really exciting event. I remember back in college, um, you know, we used to, the guys that were into golf, when the Masters was on, you know, we, we would all be crowded in the locker room watching the Masters. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And that was always fun just because, again, like, you know, when we, when we were in college during the spring, you know, spring ball was like every other day. So as guys that enjoyed golf, we would go head out to the golf course on our off days and go uh, play a couple holes or, you know, hit some golf balls and, uh, you know, the Masters was kind of, you know, the 
the supreme event for golf. So I, I just love the Masters and everything that, that you know comes with it. I had a little bit different experience in college. Really? Like I love the Masters because like I would stay out so late on Friday night, and then on Saturday there is not a better napping sport. Just sit all day. Oh, yeah. Not a better so napping right. sport yeah, no, than you're right. golf. <laughs> and you got you got Vern Lundquist like you know just sort of seducing you with his voice, telling you to sleep. Oh yeah, no, it, it's it's great, and that's that's why I think we just enjoy it because like during our downtime like there's no other way i mean because again we're all crowded around we got those comfortable couches in there oh, and yeah. we'll just sit in there like in between workouts or meetings and we'll just tune in see what's going on and it's you're right or, or I, I think of when i watched it with my dad just sitting around like on a recliner yeah i mean just sit yeah. there for hours just <laughs> it's awesome it's the, the, you're right though the, the commentators uh their voices, I, I swear, the one of the most relaxing things. Yeah, yeah, it, it's uh, it's great because like they're talking, they're using their golf voice. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's like they're speaking in golf clap. Yeah, golf clap, speaking in hushed tones, and uh, yeah, it was pretty cool this morning to see uh, Jack Nicholas, uh, Tom Watson, and uh, Gary Player uh, do the traditional uh, first shots off the first tee. Yeah, to get the tournament going and and uh, yeah, it, it, you know it was interesting in the interview that I was watching with Jack. Um, he was just talking about after he had uh, I think won his thirteenth major to win the most ever. He didn't have anybody to chase anymore. And I and Matt, you you brought up the point that Jack Nicholas finished second so many times. Nineteen. Nineteen. And I think the majority of those actually those second place finishes occurred after he had uh, gotten past. Uh, I, f- I forget who who used to hold the record before Jack. Um, but it was either Player or Palmer. It was Paul. It was, it was Palmer. Yeah. He, so he, I think he passed Palmer and um, he's like, I just didn't have anything to shoot for. And, you know, Tiger, he grew up with a poster of Jack on his wall when he knew that Jack had won 16 and Tiger wanted 17. And Jack even admitted today that uh, that Tiger would have gotten well past 17 if 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 he hadn't had the personal problems and now the the physical problems yeah because he only won one major after he had i guess it was the seven iron through the window incident um his game changed dramatically then and of course the injuries his back injuries they were you know they were present anyway so uh the combination of the one two and then the three really have uh, hurt Tiger Woods game. But uh, he's great for television ratings. You better believe CBS wants him to make. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, I think everybody wants to see Tiger around this weekend. And, and, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm personally... I'm pulling for Justin Thomas. Um, Christian, do you know JT at all? Have you have you met him before? I've met him, but I, I wouldn't say I know him uh, personally. But I, I know he comes back to Tuscaloosa a lot. And he was here recently at the basketball game watching it with Coach Saban. Oh, that's and, right, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, you, you, you definitely see, see him in Tuscaloosa pretty often. But I have a, um, a couple of friends that are on the golf team, and, and they know him pretty well from him coming back. And um, from everything I've heard, I mean, he's just a class act. Phenomenal guy. He loves Tuscaloosa and uh, very proud of uh, you know being an alumni of Alabama. So I, I always root for him. You know, I definitely go for Dustin Johnson because he's you know hometown guy from Columbia, South Carolina. But 
uh, JT is also one of my guys I root for as well now. Yeah, uh, I think word got out on the golf team that uh, I'm an easy grader or something because it's like every golf player <laughs> takes my classes. Really? And, uh, yeah, and, uh, um, and 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 they they have told me that Justin always is reaching out to them, encouraging them. Yeah, yeah. It's always available for advice. It's almost like a mentor and, to yeah, exactly. a lot of the Yeah, that's yes. what I was getting at. When yeah. I talked to him, they kind of explained that relationship, kind of like he's just, he's there however he can help. And uh, it's almost um, like a great system for these guys. And they come here, they play golf, and they have a guy like Justin Tom, uh, Thomas that they can rely on for advice and, and just to really just – Almost be like a big brother figure, it, yeah. it seems like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Cannon Claycomb. Uh, yeah, Clay, Claycomb. My, he was my partner in the uh, tournament last year. Yeah. He, so he's taken a couple of my classes, and I'm obviously not going to get into that, but uh, just a great young man. Yeah. And, I, I, and I think he, uh, I think he's the number, sort of the number one golfer at Alabama. Oh, he's and, good. Uh, and he's yeah. really good. Is he? Yeah, yeah. he's good. I know we, we were paired up last year in Coach Saban's tournament that, that's taking place in, uh, this year, uh, North River, April 24th, I think. But anyway, yeah, he he was my partner as, as well as the, the group that we were paired with. And, man, he can play. He, he made me play so much better just because he was so good. Was he helping you out with, uh, like, you know. Uh, like tips and pointers yeah, and stuff? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I'd ask him for stuff here and there. But I, I, he was actually, he kept telling me, he was like, man, I'm impressed because I, I went out there and I hadn't played golf in months. And I told him, I was like, Hey man, heads up! Like you're gonna have to carry our group because I, I don't know, I don't know how this is gonna go. And then surprisingly, I was actually playing well, and he just kept saying like, "Dang man," he's like, "You're way better than you say yeah, you are." <laughs> we should once the class, once the uh, the semester is over, we should have him on the show. Oh, absolutely, uh, yeah, because he, I think he is going to be a PGA player. He's definitely got the potential, no doubt. I think yeah. he just announced that he was he coming back he's another coming season. Back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. You are listening to Big Noon Sports. We'll be right back. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Hi, I'm... Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy this afternoon, a chance of showers, maybe a thunderstorm in spots, the high 76. Tonight and tomorrow, cloudy with occasional rain. The low tonight, 57, the high tomorrow, 71. A cool day Saturday, rain likely at times, the high 64. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 76 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Anderson and Christian Miller talking some masters here. A lot of other substances certainly on the table. Um, Angel Reese is back in the news. Imagine that. Um, some observations from those uh, attending and uh, participating in Alabama spring practice. And then you got Cam Newton and uh, Aaron Rodgers. That trade isn't complete yet. I wanted to go back to the masters here for just a second, guys. Kevin Nye re- withdrew. Um, he went double bogey. Birdie, bogey, par, bogey, bogey, par, birdie, bogey. He shot a 40 going out, and he put the clubs in his bag, put his bag in the trunk, and left the premises. Now, I don't have details as to whether or not he had an injury or not or was just frustrated by his poor play, but Kevin Nah 
is out. I'll make an observation about Roy McElroy, and I hope it doesn't sound like I have some kind of bromance on him, but and this is this is maybe strange. Uh, I love the way his ball caps, his golf caps fit <laughs> and the length of his bill and then the snug fit in the back. Is that a weird observation, Lars? I mean, it's you very have weird. a romance for him. It is weird. <laughs> it is weird. Uh, <laughs> I want his hats. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he's he's got a nice Nike hat that he wears. Yeah, that doesn't leave that doesn't leave you in a good place, does it? Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, let's go back to the leaderboard. Uh, Hovland uh, is now through ten. He's at five under. Rom at three under after nine. Scott Stallings is finished with a 70s minus two. How about Freddie Boom Boom Couples? He's through 17 on 18. He's minus two, along with Shane Lowry, who I think the whole world loves. So, and then Shoffley Scout and Cameron Young are all at minus two, along with Brooks Kepka. Tiger, Tiger just airmail the shot on uh, 11, uh, par four, his uh, shot into the green. Went over the green, now is a difficult chip, going to be hard to get up and down. So he's facing uh, plus three, I would guess, after after 12, or after 11, excuse me. Well, I hope he pulls it back together. And just If it can get closer to par, I think he'd feel better, and uh, I think the golf world would, would feel better about that as well. Um, I got some notes here from AL.com this morning about Alabama Spring. And Christian, uh, they mentioned two words that I'll bet you like a lot. They said the offensive line needs to develop that nastiness and that the wide receivers need more swag. I couldn't agree with those two statements more. I agree 100%. And and who said this? I got to look it back up. You give me your thoughts and then I'll figure it out. Oh, that's fine. No, I I was going to say I was going to give them their credit. I I agree 100%. Um, Um. uh, again, it's, it's something that I think a lot of people just notice. You know, we've kind of gotten away from that physicality, you know, intensity up front, that that mauling identity uh, as an offensive unit. You know, having your way with the defensive line, um, as you may, and, and 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 you know, getting that push up front, just being bullies up front, right? Like as a, you know, as a defensive end, I'll tell you, you know, one of the toughest things is is going against those physical, nasty offensive linemen that. You know, just they're 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 trying to maul you. They're all upon you. You know, when when they're running the football, they're trying to block you after the whistle. And and as a defender, you hate that stuff. But I'll be honest. On on the flip side, I want those kind of guys on my team because I know, um, you know the the impact that has on a defensive unit. You know, you're just getting worn on. Like when you're going against those tackles and those guards that are just come at you, come at you. It, it wears the defensive line down when somebody's imposing your will on them. So then I think that's what we need to get back to because that that's what Alabama um, traditionally was known for, especially when Coach Saban first got here, um, building up that offensive line unit, you know, running the ball physically like that. And, and I agree. I, I would love to see the receivers kind of get that swagger back. I mean, we saw guys like, you know, Jerry Judy, Calvin Ridley, Devontae Smith. Um, when these guys were out there on that field, they had a dog in them. You know, as a receiver, you saw that dog in them. You know, the guys like Ardarius Stewart, who's not afraid to block downfield. You know, he, he he takes pride in his blocking. But on the receiving end, you know, they're talking a little trash to you. You know, they're, they're running by you. You know, they're kind of like, they, they just had that swagger to them, right? They, they were they were filled with just that that confidence. They were exuberating confidence. And, and I think that's what we need. You know, sometimes it just seemed like guys were kind of just trying to 
do their job, right? Just kind of do what was asked, right? And I think that's important, yes, but at the same time, kind of like what we've seen from LSU women's basketball. I know not a lot of people are, you know, too fond of it, but at the same time, we've even had coaches on here recently saying that, like, they almost would like their players to kind of talk a little bit because, again, it's almost like when you're the man in the arena, you kind of have to have this persona about you. I know I had that, like, off the off the field, I'm very cool, calm, collected, laid back, very poised, very respectful. But on the field, like, I'm not going to lie. If y'all kind of heard some of the stuff I say on the field, you might be a little surprised. <laughs> but, it, again, it, that, that, that's kind of my on-field persona. Like, I, I remember specifically when we went to Baton Rouge my senior year, we were playing Joe Burrow. And we I remember the comments he was saying about, oh, it's just another game. It's just, you know, Alabama's just another game. We know we took that to heart, and I just remember I was fired up that game between those comments, you know, them talking about locking the gates on us, all their celebrities on the sideline, the crowd chanting. I'm not going to say they're chanting, but I mean, it's like all that was kind of you know playing a role. And I you remember you didn't sack my boy Joe Burrow, did you? I had two sacks, and should have been more. <laughs> I did sack oh, your boy. Yeah, I'm, so, oh, I'm sorry, we can't be friends anymore. I sacked your boy Joe Burrow, but I remember it, like from the first drive, like we just were we were on one that game. That's that's that's, that's how I want to phrase it. We were on one, and I mean we were. I wouldn't say we were just trash talking, but. We were we were letting them know, like, yeah, we're here. Like, y'all thought it was a regular game. Nah, this is not no regular game. Like, this is what you signed up for. <laughs> and I, I, you could, you could probably ask my teammates. Like, I just remember, I was just, I was feeling it that game. And I would go to the silent, and I was just, I was spewing out all type of stuff. Like, they can't. Yeah. I can't say these yeah, things, yeah. but no, I understand. I just, I'm just telling you. So what I'm getting at, Matt, is <laughs> we need that again because if I can do it, and I'm, you know, people used to play around and call me Barack Obama because I'm very, very, you know, <laughs> off the field. I'm well spoken. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can put me in front of anybody. Like speak to whoever. You know, I'm, but on the field, it's like I'm off the field. I'm Barack. On the field, I'm Trump. Quote of the day, right yeah, there. So yeah, no that, that, hopefully that paints a picture for it. But yes, Matt, I agree 100 percent with whoever's saying that. Um, DeCorey Brooks, by the way, is, is who said it, and he also went on to say that he really, really likes the imagination. Um, he likes the youth of Tommy Reese, and um, I believe that's a common thread. Uh, he and himself may energize this Alabama offense. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what we mentioned when, we, when they were hiring them, is one of the things with a younger coach, that's kind of what you get. You know, they're going to be a lot easier to relate to, and rightfully so. Um, and, and I think that's important because, again, it has to work both ways. You know, yeah, the, the coaches have to be able to trust you to go out there and do your job. But on the flip side, the players have to trust the coach and say, hey, this I trust his ability to put me in position to make plays. I trust in this game plan. I trust in this process. And when a, a guy is younger and he has more of that energy, he can relate to you more. I mean, even to little things like he can relate to the music you listen to, that goes a long way with these players, especially nowadays. And I think that's what we're seeing. So I'm, I'm excited for this. We will continue to keep up with what's happening at Augusta National. But when we get back, we're going to talk some Stallions football. Some Auburn football and uh, it's a few AB football. So Neil Calloway's been with all of them. Longtime offensive line coaches next on Big Noon Sports. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. 
This is Big Noon Sports. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. From our home base in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation. Across the United States. And from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers. Trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers. Who are resilient. And won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches. Athletic trainers and mentors. Who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. The children's music and dance teacher who couldn't cha-cha. I was always on my feet. It was just so painful. Elisa couldn't let her students down. So she stepped up and went to the Good Feet store for personally fitted arch supports. I would work an entire day and my feet didn't hurt at the end of the day. That was when I knew, wow, these are different. But the really good part? It's good to be dancing together again. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Back on Big Noon Sports, Matt Coulter along with Lars Anderson and Christian Miller. Welcome in our first guest, Neil Calloway. Who played at Alabama under Paul Bryant as an offensive lineman, defensive lineman, linebacker. Then he got into coaching with Pat Dye at East Carolina, Wyoming. And geez, Neil, 43 years later, you still got a whistle around your neck, if that's a proper uh, description this day and time. Uh, I'm Matt Coulter, covered y'all at Auburn uh, all your years there. Um, my partner, Lars Anderson, is New York Times bestselling author. And, of course, you probably saw Christian play as an edge linebacker for two national championship teams at the University of Alabama. So, Neil, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. And how you like being back in Birmingham? Oh, I love it. You know, I, I've been back here. I've had a house here the last uh, three or four years. So it's uh, home. And, you know, my wife was born and raised in Tuscaloosa and of course, uh, you know, be, being, you know, at Alabama, Auburn, UAB, you know, when we kind of got ready to try to figure out where we were going to hang our hat, we decided to come to Birmingham, and uh, so that's where we're living right now. Coach, I, I, I'd love just to get uh, your analysis of what's going on at UAB and the hiring of Trent Dilfer, and, you know, what is the ceiling for UAB right now? Uh, I think it's uh, really good. I, you know, I, I thought all along, uh, you know, that it could be a, as good a mid-major job as you could get. I think the city of Birmingham is outstanding. You know, people are very enthusiastic and really uh, love college football in the, in the city of Birmingham and really the whole state of Alabama, like we know. Uh, you know, and so I think, you know, what Coach Clark did there, you know, he got it off and running. 
Uh, I, I know who Trent Dilford is. I really don't know him, but I know who he is, obviously. And did a, has done a good job wherever he's been. Uh, they've, you know, they've gotten on board and got really good facilities. You know, last year I was with the USFL and we got to go over and practice at their facilities a couple of times. So I think, you know, as far as a mid-major job, I think it can be as good uh, as there is in the country. Uh, I think, you know, the talent level, you know, in a three or four hundred mile radius of Birmingham is good. Uh, I know when I was at UAB, we had a lot of success in recruiting uh, the state of Mississippi and the Atlanta area. Uh, and so, I mean, I think it's uh, it's a great job and, and it's uh, they've done a good job, you know, getting things going like a fit facility wise. So I'm happy. I'm happy for them. I'm glad they got it going. Coach, just as a follow up. What was the main issue of why uh, it was so impossible or it took so long to get a football field, an on-campus football field built at UAB? You know, I, I don't know that. Uh, I couldn't answer that, to be honest with you. But, you know, really it's uh, not an on-campus Yeah, uh, right, right, right. Now. Yeah. But although it's great, and I'm going to tell you, playing it protected and being there last year, it was good. Um, you know, I just think, it, you know, it takes a commitment. Uh, it's got to come from the powers to be at top uh, to, you know, to have that you want to have a good program. You know, and I don't know, the landscape has changed the last several years in college football with all the TV money. But I remember, you know, seven, eight years ago, you know, there were only 30 or 40 in the whole country that really made a profit off their athletic department, mainly football, putting all the bill. Well, you know, the rest of the schools, they were going to just have to, you know, suck it up and, and, and spend the money if they wanted to have a program, and, and not just the football, but the whole athletic program. And so I think the commitment's just got to be there from the top, you know, administration on down, that, hey, this is what we want. This is valuable for our, our university. And uh, let's make it work. And I think that's what's happened at UAB, and and they've uh, they've they've done a nice job. I mean, the basketball team's done pretty well. Baseball team, I, I'm not sure what they're doing right now, but I know in years past they've done real well. So the overall program, I think, has done done pretty well. Coach, as a as a former offensive lineman, now an offensive line coach. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about Alabama's offensive line and, and what people want to see from them. But in your opinion, what, what makes an elite offensive lineman? Like, what are those physical tools or those intangibles that you look for in an elite offensive well, lineman? Well, first of all, I think people need to realize it's probably the most uh, unnatural position in any college sport because, you know, when you grow up as a youngster, you're always throwing the ball, catching the ball, you shoot basketball or – doing those things i don't think anybody grows up you know driving bags and driving sleds and and <laughs> bending knees all that so it's the most unnatural position sure uh size, size is certainly a factor uh that you gotta have i mean just to be honest with you this day and time you you better be a 300 pound type guy you know you want links at the tackle which you know normally means a six four five six guy something like that I don't think you have to be that uh, tall to play inside. I mean, I know there's a lot of good interior linemen that are six foot, six one, and you know they're they really good players. Uh, but you got to have a. I think there's, there's several things. You got to have those tangible things, which you got to have foot quickness. You got to have punch in your body, uh, and then I think uh, as important as anything is the intangibles. 
as far as a mental attitude that, you know, it's going to take a lot of grinding to get good at this. Uh, we got all five play as one. Um, you know, I've got to work on my fundamentals and techniques, which, again, are totally unnatural uh, for just a normal person to understand. So, I mean, there's a lot of hard work that goes into it, and I think the mental approach to it is just as important as the physical attributes attributes that you need too. So it's a it's a process that takes some time, but uh, you know I know I really love working with those guys. Most of them are great young men. Most of them really love ball. Most of them are very unselfish, and uh, you know are just glad to be a part of the program. And that's that's what makes it, them so fun to be around. Coach Neil Calloway is our guest on Big Noon Sports. Uh, Coach, you were with the Panthers last year in Michigan. Now you're back in Birmingham. I just wanted you to kind of evaluate the Stallions' talent level. Uh, Is it comparable to Michigan's? And and just your overall, just assess this league and the talent in it. Well, I think, first of all, the league is in a whole. It's good. I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great concept. I think – most of the guys, I'd say 80% of the guys that are in this league have been in NFL camps. Obviously, the goal for all of them is to try to get back there. Uh, but they've all been in NFL camps, but, you know, something was lacking, whether it be a physical preparation or mental preparation, to, uh, whatever it takes to play in the NFL. Uh, I think the overall talent is good. Um, it's... Um, you know, again, we've got a lot of guys, I think, and I don't know the exact number, but it seems like there was 60 or 70 guys from the league last year that signed NFL contracts. And I'm not sure of it, but there was probably 15 or so that made it uh, that I know of. I'm not really positive about that. But, you know, I think it's a great idea. It's good for the guys. I think, the you know, the city of Birmingham is, you know, really embraces it. And, it, you know, I know last year being on the Panthers whenever, and we all talked about it around the league, Whenever Birmingham played, you know, they had a good crowd. And I think there was really good support for Birmingham. Of course, uh, everybody else uh, was, you know, they didn't have the following Birmingham did. But they split it up this year. They've got four hubs trying to, you know, get better fan support. But uh, so I think the concept is really good. You know, our team, uh, you know, they were, of course, Stallions, they won the, I wish that was on their team last year, but they won the <laughs> championship, you know. Skip does a great job. Uh, we got a really good coaching staff. I'd say, without knowing, probably sixty to seventy percent of the team is back, and we know we've made some uh, good additions. I know we, as far as the offensive linemen, we got four or five new offensive linemen that I think uh, is make us better. Um, Skill wise, um, running backs, I, I think are the same. We've got the same quarterbacks. Um, so, and defensively, uh, we got a. I think a really good secondary watching those guys. What little I get to see them. So I, I think, you know, it's not going to be easy to win the league again because everybody, you know, be pointing towards us because we won it last year. But I think we got a good football team. And, you know, of course, we got to go out and prove it. We open up with New Jersey next weekend, which uh, Mike Riley's the head coach there and, you know, does a really good job. So it, it'll be, a, you know, and all the games were very competitive last year. I know. Even then, you know, we went two and eight, but I think uh, out of the ten ball games, eight of them were one game score or one score games. Uh, you know, at the Panthers last year, and, and looking at the stadiums, they were there. I think it was seven or eight. You know, one score games. I mean, all of them were close, but not all of them. But most of them were close, 
And uh, so I think it's a good a good uh, product that uh, the people will enjoy. Coach, you've had such a uh, terrific career starting back in uh, coaching career starting back in 1980 uh, with Wyoming, then Auburn, Houston, Alabama, Georgia, head coach at UAB, Western Kentucky, USC, and Purdue. Do you have a favorite memory? Or a favorite season when you when you when you wow. when you review your career is there is there a season or a memory that sticks out? Uh, you know, I don't know that there's one, but there's several. Uh, obviously, um, I think at Auburn there was a couple of we went in when we went in there with you know Coach Dive. We had a real young coaching staff. And, uh, we were able to win the league in '83. Um, you know, which was a big, big deal, beating Michigan in the uh, Sugar Bowl and really felt like we should have won the national championship that year and just kind of didn't get the votes. And then, you know, the 89 game uh, when Alabama came to Auburn for the first time was a was a big, big deal. Um, you know, so that, that was really good. And then, you know, then coaching at Alabama, winning the league in, in 99 was good. And, um, Georgia, you know, had a lot of good, a lot of, lot of big wins there, uh, and then you know, getting to you know, to be at Southern Cal was was uh, I really enjoyed that, and we won the the Rose Bowl the first year we were there, and then won the league the second year. So there's been a lot of great memories. Um, I mean, I've um, been very fortunate to be a lot around a lot of great coaches and players and teams that that uh, we won a lot of ball games. So I've I've been very blessed. Coach, I, uh, you're speaking of great coaches, I had the, the opportunity to play for Coach Saban, and um, I see that you had the opportunity to play for Coach Bear Bryant, you know, two similar guys and very respected. Yeah. Um, could you speak a little bit about your time playing under him, and was there anything that you learned from him that you use now that you're a coach? Oh, learned a lot. You know, first of all, Coach, I think you're right. There are a lot of similarities in between with Coach Bryant and Coach Saban, I mean, they, they're in charge of the whole program. I mean, they are really hands-on in every, uh, you know, I know Coach Bryant was and Coach Saban is that in every aspect of it, you know, not only, you know, like Coach Saban's, uh, you know, he's a defensive coach by trade, but he's got his blueprint all over the uh, offense and the recruiting and the whole the whole program, the total program. And I think that's what one of the things that this made them uh, – you know, so so successful is, is they've been in control of the whole thing. But, you know, playing for Coach Bryant, first of all, was a great honor and a thrill and a privilege to do that. You know, I uh, grew up in Macon, Georgia, which, I, you know, I, I love, you know, football. But, you know, back then things were a lot different. The world wasn't as transient as it is nowadays. And I'd heard of Alabama football and I'd heard of, you know, obviously knew who Coach Bryant and Joe Namath and Leroy Jordan, but I really couldn't have told you anything else about Alabama. But <laughs> but getting in there, uh, watching his organization, uh, the toughness that he ran the program with, uh, the, the the you know the being demanding of the players and the coaches, but then on the other hand, uh, making sure that they 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 knew that the coaches loved them and cared about them and. And it was there for them to help them whatever they wanted to do after football. I mean, I can you can go back and you read all the stories about what all Coach Bryant, you know, how tough and hard he was. And yes, he was that. But but when uh, the guys got through, he he went way above and beyond, 
you know, to help the guys, you know, just the Bryant Scholarship Fund, all the ex-players' children got to go to school there free. I mean, so, you know, being demanding and at the same time loving and caring of them, I think is uh, really a big part of being a good football coach. And But his o- overall organization and attention to detail was was phenomenal. Coach, final question for you, and I'm going to go to another great one, and that was uh, Pat Dye when you were at Auburn. And I was um, at Channel 13 at the time. That's back in the day where media was allowed on the practice field and the first one I went to was just as as bizarre and as physical and as intense as a game. Uh, you had Crow and Blakeney and Hall and Wallace, and then I think later you got Reggie Heron, who when I saw Coach, I thought he was halfway crazy. But you mentioned how young they were. Here, I want to give y'all – I know I'm pushing time. But when I was at that practice, there was a fumble – and Reggie Herring was the first one in coaching gear to recover the ball. All the coaches no, would recover fumbles. It was it yeah. was nuts. But man, y'all were good. Yeah, and it goes back. You know, Coach Dye. The time was Coach Bryant. Uh, the same model. I mean, we we worked hard, got after him, very physical. Uh, but at the same time, you know, when when it was over, we we the guys knew we cared about them. We loved them and tried to help them do whatever they wanted to do. But you're right. We, we were very physical and both sides of the ball, um, you know, that's, and that's the reason we were able to turn the program around. I mean, and, you know, another thing I think, you know, we were all so young and I never will. Uh, and we, we, you know, whatever coach I said, we did it. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, he said jump, you know, we said, hi, hi, you know? And, uh, and so that's kind of, we were all tied in there together and, all, all on the same page and worked together and had a great time. You know, got uh, all the, the children, all of my children were born in Auburn, and that was a very fun time for us and, and had, a, had a, a lot of great memories at Auburn. You gave me a few too, Coach. Good luck with the stays. We'll see you next weekend. Thank you, Neil. Thank you. Thank you all. You bet. You bet. I'm not kidding about those practices, guys. I could go on and on. Hey, when we get back, we'll wrap up our first hour of Big News Sports. Covering SEC sports like Kutsu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. From our home base right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation. Across the United States. And from around the world. As respected industry leaders. We are here. Working hard for you. In an effort to provide you with. Excellence in sports medicine. Excellence in research and education. And excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing. Victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. It's luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern-day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Viore, Grayson, and Miz and Main. And if you haven't tried the Miz and Main dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at christophermobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, Luxury Game Day Apparel, Redefined. The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now that I'm pain free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. 
can go from zero to 60 way too fast. <laughs> Who knew electric vehicle owners were having so much fun? 20 or 30 years ago, I owned a, a gas sports car, and this car is much quicker. It's a great, fun car to drive. When you put your foot on the accelerator, it just goes. They're fun, they're fast, they're efficient. Visit driveelectricalabama.com to learn how you can start having fun driving an electric vehicle. Sponsored by the Alabama Clean Fuels Coalition, the ABA, and this station. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Work is a part of all of us. Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imaginable and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, PTA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy this afternoon, a chance of showers, maybe a thunderstorm in spots, the high 76. Tonight and tomorrow, cloudy with occasional rain. The low tonight, 57, the high tomorrow, 71. A cool day Saturday, rain likely at times, the high 64. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 76. Six degrees in Tuscaloosa. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Back on Christian Smith Callaway. Really good interview with him inside in the football on every level, literally. Um, I put us in a bind with the last question there, guys. I'm sorry we only got a few minutes left here, but um, I didn't know what direction to go. Lars, if you got the leaderboard in front of you, my television went to a commercial. <laughs> I actually don't. Um, I know that Rory just uh, teed off, and, uh, and and Tiger is really uh, grinding out there. And as uh, Joe noted, uh, he's sweating like uh, like a, a man who's in a sauna. Um, yeah. So uh, Victor Hovland still at, in the lead at, at minus six, and he's got a three-stroke. He's through eleven holes and has a three-stroke lead. Minus seven, and he just went to yeah, as Joe said, went to minus wow. seven. That's incredible. Uh, your boy John Rom at minus three, uh, Shuffle mi- minus three as well. Uh, Young at minus three, and let me see here, Freddie Couples, man, he's he's uh, had a nice nice round going through seventeen. He's two under. Um, uh, Brooks Kepka through six is two under. Patrick Reed, uh, who uh, yesterday our our guest, uh, the golf coach at Jeff State and a longtime PGA caddy, uh, Mike Brackman, he likes Patrick Reed to win this tournament. Uh, he is at one under through fourteen. Uh, JT is at one under, and uh, and Christian's friend uh, Harold Varner. 
right? He's your yep. buddy, right? Yeah. Um, he's at one under through five. I'm waiting for him to have a, a breakout. I don't. You, I, I, I and I'm and I'm really rooting for him. I was assigned to, to write a long piece on him uh, several years ago, but for some reason it didn't happen. And now I can't remember exactly. He's just really unique, right? He has a unique background. Yeah, Harold Varner. Yeah, he's a. I think he's originally from Ohio, but he was, you know, raised in, uh, well, Gastonia, which is right outside Charlotte. But um, yeah, nah, he's a he's a great guy, and what he does for um, that community there, like the golf community, is phenomenal. Um, especially, you know, minority kids there. He tries to, you know, do a really good job of um, getting them involved in golf and, and, and providing golf opportunities for a lot of kids that normally wouldn't have yeah. that opportunity because golf is expensive, right? Like, if you I want your his, kids to golf, it's expensive. Did his dad work at a golf course? And then, like, he would sneak Harold on, his son on, like, late at night? Like, I'm, there's something I'm not like too that. sure, yeah. but, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you meet him, man, he's, he's really a great guy, and he cares a lot about that community and, and helping kids out specifically um, get into golf. And uh, I respect him a lot for that. But I'm, I'm always rooting for him. Um, he, I swear, he's always in play, man. He's always – it comes always comes down to why he's always second, third, fourth. Yeah. Third. It's just like, ah, if he could just, just finish on the right note. So I'm always cheering for him. Phil Mickelson is even through four. Um, Jason Day, even through two. Boy, that's a name we just haven't heard for a long time is yeah, Jason he has, Day. He has vertigo problems. Yeah, that's right. I remember um, that. He, like, didn't he fall out on the course one time? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, by, uh, Dustin, by the way, Dustin Johnson's Mountain Brook, Brook bandy guy, Gordon Sargent, has teed up. He is unfortunately three over after three. Maybe he'll battle back. Uh, Lars, go to class. I got to head to campus. Have a great day, everybody. Y'all too. their clothing around town on game days but check out christopher mobley on the strip it's luxury game day apparel redefined it's the only place in town where you can find todd hoops apparel clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur golf enthusiast and athleisure fanatic they've got peter millar viore grayson and mizzen and main and if you haven't tried the mizzen and main dress shirts you've got to you can find them at 1410 university boulevard on the strip also they've got a great e-commerce site at christophermobley.shop so check out christopher mobley luxury game day apparel redefined from our home base in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Work is a part of all of us. 
Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imagined and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, ETA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Goodfeet store. Now that I'm pain-free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. And W265CG Tuscaloosa, Tide 100.9, and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. Hey, welcome back to Big Noon Sports. Lars is on his way to class. He teaches journalism at the University of Alabama. Christian Miller is at our Tide Studios, and uh, I'm operating through this device they call Skype, which I'm sure we're all familiar with, especially if you went through the pandemic uh, just two, three years ago. Um, not a lot has changed since Lars gave us the leaderboard. Hovland is still your leader, and um, you got a few others. John Robb chasing him. Tiger is, uh, what did you say, Joe? He's sweating his you-know-what off? <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. Well, well, it's it's Augusta in the south, early spring, and as it is in Tuscaloosa and Birmingham, the humidity is way up. I mean, it's like um, June humidity. So Matt, he just anyway, like he's, uh, feeling it a lot more than the other competitors. Well, it's because he's forty-seven. Believe me, trust me. But is, uh, but is forty-seven old that. to golf though? I, I, like I feel like how old how old is Phil Mickelson? 52. Okay, so a few years old. I feel like he, and granted, he hasn't had the injuries and, and whatnot, but I feel like at 52, he, and maybe I'm wrong, Matt, do you think he moves around well? Yeah. He still hits I, it pretty good? He still hits it pretty good, especially for $250 million. But, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, I think I could even fake a game for that kind of money. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think it really your game starts to probably diminish slightly at at forty. Some do, some don't. Jack Nicklaus won the Masters uh, in '86 at forty six. Um, so I mean, he still I saw him tee off. He's eighty now and made um, it right down the middle. So um, that's one thing that I really like about golf is that uh, your play may diminish over the years, but you can still play. And um, that's a great thing about golf. But uh, it starts to wane in the 40s. And then uh, when you get in your 50s, you get on Champions Tour. Then you get new life. And that's why you'll see guys like uh, Bernard Longer. Uh, when he turned 50 and he got on the Champions Tour, he was winning three and four tournaments a year. Um, and he's still competitive. But that, again, um, I, I think your skill, because the skills are so uh you know, minute, finite, whatever the word I'm looking for. Uh, they are so detailed that it doesn't take losing much of it to lose your game, not totally, 
but uh, it'll certainly take you off the leaderboard. I wanted to ask you a couple of things um, concerning the NFL here, Christian. Um, first of all, you sent this out last night. Cam Newton is trying. He stated that he's one of the uh, he's better than, you know, He's a better quarterback than some of the 32 that are now taking snaps in the NFL. But now he's narrowed his list of quarterbacks he wants to back up. Can, can you do? I guess you can do that. But that seemed odd to me. Well, I, I think I think he wanted to kind of set the record straight because, again, I, I think um, everybody's perception of him was after him making that statement that he's better than or well, the statement was there's not 32 Men, we'll use word men in the National Football League quarterbacks better than him, and I think um, with that kind of message, it just sounds as if he's alluding that he he should be a starter, and I think he had come to realize that. Let me just put it out there that I am willing and able to be a backup, which I think at this point is almost inevitable if he's going to come back to National Football League. We know how this works, right? I mean, young guys come into the league every single year, and I know he's a former MVP, and and I know. Um, you know, the type of player, and I hate saying was, but let's just be honest. I mean, the past couple of years we've seen Cam play, it's just not the exact same Cam Newton that we once saw. And I think realistically, his his only realistic option at getting back into the National Football League is taking the backup route. And there is nothing wrong with that. I mean, look, we see backup quarterbacks playing in the NFL 15, 16, 18 years, right? Honestly, and, and it's and it's not like it's uncommon, right? I mean, I, I could probably name five off the top of my head right now of guys who were backup quarterbacks who had 18-year careers. And, Matt, you and I both know backup quarterback, I mean, you're making a couple million dollars a year basically to chart plays and just be a security blanket, right? I mean, that that's what we're talking about. And you still get to, you know, be in a league. And I, I think he understands that maybe it's time for him to kind of transition to more of that role. He'd be more of a mentor. He's probably already being a mentor to a lot of kids. You know, he has his seven-on-seven teams. He mentioned that. You know, some of these young quarterbacks in the league were, were part um, part of some of his teams. And um, this would give him that opportunity. He, he could go mentor and be a backup to a guy like Deshaun Watson. Um, he named Tua Tagovailoa. Tua Tagovailoa. He named Jalen Hurts. Um I think he named Josh Allen. He named a lot of guys. Sam Howell. He named, he named Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers was the only anomaly on there. I mean, it, it, he was a 39-year-old guy. that I, I didn't understand that one. Um, Joe, you like your thoughts. Because if it, wherever Aaron goes is a Oh, it's probably a one-year de- championship team. And it's only like a one-year deal. So he can kind of, you know, fill a spot, right, if, if Aaron decides to retire. Um, but, yeah, the rest were, were young guys. Malik Willis. um, I'm, I'm probably missing two or three, but it, I think it made a lot of sense. And I, um, I think what he's trying to do is say, hey, just, just put it out there. You know, I may feel that I'm better than you. Know, there's not 32 guys better than me, but I'm willing to be a backup to guys. And I, I think that's smart because if you if you look at it, if you're an NFL team, I mean, what do you really have to lose? I mean, he's offering to be a backup. You know, you're talking about a guy who was once an NFL MVP. Um, and and if you if you really look at it, if you're talking about him backing up a guy like you know, Jalen Hurts or a guy that kind of has a similar style of play that can, you know, is mobile enough to use his legs, right? Oh, he mentioned Lamar Jackson. I got to that in there. I think that's a, a great option as a backup quarterback. Wouldn't you agree, Matt? Yeah, uh, I think it's uh, 
uh, he he should be in the NFL. I mean, his gas is not his gas tank is not empty. Um, and some team's gonna pick him up. I I really feel like that. Um, it's just who is going to do that and at what price? Here's here's one back for you. Would a backup quarterback that used to be an MVP that was an MVP? Um, does he demand a higher backup salary than most? I would certainly think so. Yeah, he, he probably would. But, I mean, it depends. I mean, that's where negotiations come to play. You know, off the rip, yeah, I'm sure he would. But if we're talking about just a chance for him to get back in the league, um, I think he'd be willing to work on that. I mean, like, let's think about this. Like, you know, the 49ers, now technically this guy would have been their third-string quarterback with Josh Johnson. I mean, this guy has made a career as a backup quarterback, and no offense to Josh Johnson. I mean, because again, he's he's all right. Let's see, he's 36 years old, and if I'm not mistaken, he has been in the league, and uh, he also went and played. Uh, I think he played outside of the NFL briefly. Yeah, for in 2012, he played for like the Sacramento Mountain Lions. But anyway, I mean, we're talking about from 2008 to 2022. I mean, that's what 15 seasons, 14, 15 seasons. So. If I'm a team, and, and we're saying Josh Johnson was you know capable of being a backup quarterback at 36, why would you not want a former MVP and Cam Newton as a backup quarterback? That That's what leads me to believe that he is more than uh, deserving. I mean, Cam's only 33 as well, right? So a 33-year-old former MVP, you line him up next to a Josh Johnson, again, a 36-year-old guy who's been in the league, a long time and doesn't have nearly you know the experience or success as Cam Newton and did not play well in the and did NFC not play yeah did not play very well I mean let's be honest I think Cam would have done a little bit better job than Josh Johnson did in that in yeah that a little bit yeah so yeah I, I I think we can agree that you know he can do it it's just a matter of if it, if a team is interested in having him I hope so because uh, he's he's a spectacular player and. Um, since Lars is not here to throw Joe Burrow in my face, I still think that as a quarterback, a leader, uh, what Cam Newton did his one year at Auburn was just absolutely phenomenal. And I give you um, the perfect example of, of, a ba- of a football backup quarterback in the NFL that made the most of it. And he played right there at the University of Alabama. His name was Jeff Rutledge. And he led Alabama to a national championship in 1978. He went to the Rams, the Giants, the Redskins. He played from 79, you can do the math, uh, to 1993, so 14, 15 years. He won two Super Bowl rings and was a viable backup every place he went. And I'm thinking he probably made a very, very successful career financially and uh, a good guy. I remember uh, remember being around him uh, at the University of Alabama. Really good guy. But uh, And, you know, Jay Barker, who used to uh, host the show um, last year, um, he didn't last nearly as long, but, you know, he, he held a clipboard for a while in the NFL. So there's a slot. I don't think there's any question. There is a slot for Cam Newton. And, in fact, uh, we can ask a guy who knows a lot about Cam about that in just a minute. As uh, Terry Henley, a good friend of the show, good friend of mine for many, many years, um, we had a, a Saturday morning call-in talk 
predict show many, many years ago along with Roger Schultz. Anyway, uh, Terry has agreed to talk some Auburn football. I'm interested, you know, uh, Christian, we talk a lot about Alabama's football situation at quarterback. What about Auburn? That's who's, a good who's point. Who's the nine? Yeah, uh, they've got a real decision, and I hear talk that uh, they're still looking deep in the transfer portal. So we'll talk about that with Terry Henley on the other side of this break. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. From T-Town to the Plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy this afternoon, a chance of showers, maybe a thunderstorm in spots, the high 76. Tonight and tomorrow, cloudy with occasional rain. The low tonight, 57, the high tomorrow, 71. A cool day Saturday, rain likely at times, the high 64. I'm James Spam on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 76 degrees in Tuscaloosa. What's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Christian Miller along with Matt Coulter. Thank you folks for dialing us in on this uh, gorgeous, warm, now humid uh, Thursday afternoon. Terry Henley joins us. Terry Henley's been a friend of mine for a very, very long time. We do a radio show together. Uh, he used to come in on TC and John Ed's show and just literally uh, knock the mics off. He was just a very, very funny guy. He was a hell of a ball player, too, at Auburn, out of Oxford, Alabama, where he went on to be all SEC, and he was recently inducted into the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Hee-haw, what's going on? I'm doing well, my friend. How are you doing? Life is very, very good. I know you're on the road. I appreciate you joining us on the telephone. Let's jump right into it. Just your initial impressions of Hugh Freeze. Oh, my goodness. I, I think you got to take a step back before Hugh and look at Chris Roberts and John Cohen. Okay. Uh, I think that's where this all started from, you know, is leadership that that Auburn desperately needed and got with Chris, and then he got John Cohen, and uh, and then they they came together to to bring Hugh in, and uh, and uh, I think he's just done a wonderful job so far. I mean. Uh, if everything I'm reading and seeing, and I'll go down Saturday um, for the uh, for a day because we got a book signing with the '72 team uh, that day. But nevertheless, I, I think he, these recruits, he's lining up. My goodness, I don't know that Auburn in, in the last 15 years has had that many uh, five-star recruits come into a, uh, a practice or uh, an a-day game. Is there a, a position that you feel that Hugh Freeze and his coaching staff is going to look uh, toward the transfer portal for after this spring? And if so, um, what position group would that be? If there's not, and there might, and there might be a few um, that you might feel that Hugh Freeze might need to um, look in the transfer portal to try to get some guys to help fill some voids. Chris, let me ask you something. You saw the final four uh, in football. What did all four of those teams have in common? The number one thing. What did all four of them have? Hmm. They the all quarterback. Had a quarterback. The quarterback, yeah. They all had a quarterback. 
They didn't have just a quarterback. They had outstanding quarterback play. Okay. Sure. And and I I would almost bet you money that when the spring trainings are over for all these teams and that portal opens back up, that one of these players are going to be at another school that thought he was going to start. Now he's not. And uh, although he's a five-star player or a four-star player, uh, that he's going to enter that portal. And I think Auburn is going to go after him another quarterback. You know, I mean, I just, I mean, it, it's hard. I'm not knocking the players that we have. I'm not knocking the players we have. But we've got to come up to some level of play that is being uh, that is represented rather than what we've been playing so far. On that note, I think this is exactly what you're saying. Has, has that been a, a major flaw in where Auburn's been the last couple of years? And I've got no question about it. I mean, they've had this quarterback, quarterback, quarterback failure. You know, it's been one after another. Uh, you know, whether you take Bo, you know, he started out great and then went backwards, you know, uh, again, uh, he didn't have, uh, you say, well, he didn't have the protection. No, he didn't. Uh, he didn't have the wide receivers. No, he didn't. Uh, you had Gus You had Gus with an offense that led the country and uh, the shortest passes in the country, you know, for one yard. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, um, it's, it's just that we just have not had it all together. But I think Hugh Freeze has brought it all together. He's got some coaches that recruit, and he's got some players that are understanding what he wants to do. And um, I think he, he's going to give give Auburn a, a very good chance to win from now on. Terry, I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, recently we heard Hugh Freeze um, – offer up that maybe uh, schools like Alabama and, and Auburn should play an exhibition game during the spring um, instead of their formal spring game uh, just to kind of get an idea on where their teams are at and also kind of um, help out the other programs in the state as well. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's a realistic possibility that we could see maybe Auburn face uh, UAB or Alabama face a Troy uh, in a spring exhibition game instead of the traditional spring games? Well, I, I, I'm not against that. Uh, you know, playing UAB or Troy or any of those. If you if you start, uh, if, when I was with the pros, we used to scrimmage different different teams. You know, we would come in and we'd scrimmage. The biggest problem we had there is the fights. Yeah. You know, things, you know nobody got expelled from the game, and they would fight after fight. And and I'm not sure that. And I'm only joking here, but. I'd be worried about that if uh, if you put Auburn against Georgia in a in a scrimmage, you know, during the <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, those joint practices. Yeah. No, I, I I I've been in them as well, and you're exactly right. That's uh, right. They result in in fights and injuries most of the time, but um... that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly right. I mean, I'll never forget a fight broke out. We was having one, and fight broke out with Jay Casey, who was a teammate of mine at Auburn with. And we were at the Falcons together, and I remember Dick Bass running back coach said, you going to go help your buddy Jay Casey over I said, you better get some help by the other guy. <laughs> you, you know what makes those fights the the worst is, is that, you know, if typically if there's a fight in practice, right, it's always, you know, a one-on-one type deal. And they're, your, your teammates, it was broken up quick. Everybody's quick to break it up. But 
in these joint practices that we're talking about, I mean, yeah, everybody swarms and it turns to a brawl because they got to go protect it and, 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 you know, retaliate for their teammate. And so that's the issue with those. Because, again, in practice, you'll see fights here and there. But, again, your, your teammates, you know, it's just one guy versus another guy. Then everybody quickly jumps in to separate it. But these joint practices, man, they can get out of hand very fast. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I used to tell my – I'd whoop your tail if that other three guys hadn't jumped on me. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Hey, uh, Uh, Terry, I want to ask you uh, about NIL. Um, And and truthfully, if Terry, if that had been around when you were playing, you would have had every hair product in the world uh, uh, wanting you to endorse them. Uh, (laughs) But uh, let's just put it this way, uh, Christian. Vanity's never been lost on Terry Henley. But on on a serious side (laughs) of it. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and he admits it openly. I mean, he was a model back right out of college. So yeah, um, he's a good-looking man. Up. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Terry, <laughs> uh, Terry uh, we got to have some boundaries on this, don't we? Yes. I've said this from the beginning. Let's just take a step back here and look at this, too. You know, years ago, we could sign 45 players or so. They signed 43 in my signing class. And then, they, then the NCAA said, we're going to move it to 25. We're going to give everybody a, a, a chance out here. So that's where the Memphis's popped up. That's where the Cincinnati's popped up. Uh, you know, and these lesser teams popped up and started competing with playing, you know, the Auburns or the Alabamas or the Tennessees, et cetera, because everybody was getting only 25. Well, now here you're going to start paying money. Well, you know the larger schools are going to be able to afford it before the Memphis and the Cincinnati and things like that. So you fall right back in to what you got out of several years ago is making a level playing field. It's not a level playing field anymore, Okay. And then because these schools can't afford it and with everybody struggling for money and education anyway, it's going to hurt. You're going to have to put a cap on this thing or create something that worth all the money from every player goes into a pool and you divide it across the board, whether it be girls, guys, whatever, okay, that you divide it across equally and give everybody the same amount. That's my opinion now. And somebody say, well, wait a minute, I, I'm getting paid $100,000 from Coca-Cola, and, he, and he's not making but $10, you know, from a chair company. You know what I mean? Uh, no, I'm not giving him part of my money. I'm not putting my money over in that, too. Well, if, if the NCAA tells you you got to in order to get a share of it, you will. But I think it's got to be some, something like that where everybody's got a share out of that pool, okay? Now, let me tell you the other thing about the NIL. The NFL, which y'all played in, and I tried to play for many years, but anyway, NFL, they spend all this money testing you, whether it's your, your, your speed, your agility, and your brain, how quick you can react to this, all the quiz tests you have to take, Everything they evaluate, your growth, what is your granddaddy, how big he is, your grandmother, all of those things, okay, and spend lots of money doing that. 
Now you're going out here and watching a film on a high school guy and sit at a kitchen table and evaluate the guy maybe two times, you know, and you're going to turn around and give this 17, 18-year-old guy 200000 or 300000 or a million. Mm. What, there's no evaluation of that kid. You don't know if he's going to make it or not. So you're setting him up for a failure later on in life. I, I just... I think it's wrong. I think it's wrong, period. That's a, that's a fair point. I, I want to ask you real quick about a guy you're probably familiar with. Cam Newton recently um, was had come out and said that he'd be willing to be a backup in the NFL. And uh, he listed um, about 10 quarterbacks that he felt that he'd be a good backup to. Do you feel like there's a spot for Cam Newton in the NFL still, uh, even if it's uh, as a backup quarterback? He's a talented man. He's talented, and I haven't seen him lately. I haven't seen him any place lately. But he's just a talented guy. He's played a lot of a lot of football. He's 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 not. He's a pretty smart guy. And uh, my goodness, to be, I would take him over some of the ones that they've had here lately that you've seen. But the thing about it, when you get into that, it, you get into the cap. You get into the cap that they got on the. On the teams, they're not going to be able to pay him a lot of money. You know, backup quarterbacks don't make a lot, do they? Well, in today's game, they can make a couple of million. Yeah, they can make pretty well, good money this yeah, year. Yeah, a couple of million, but he's he's used to making a, there's more zeros after. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, so I, I don't know who's, I don't know if he will take. Uh, a job for a million and a half dollars a year or one million for one year. I, I mean, I don't know. You know what I mean? But, you know, listen, we've all been there. We've all been there, and we hated to give the game up. Hated to give the game up. I, I was willing to pay, uh, you know, them to let me stay. You know what I mean? Let me Just let me play. That's all I cared. I didn't need the money. Let me play. And, and it all comes to an end sooner or later, so I mean, Brady should have quit a year ago. You know, I think you'll all agree with me with that. You know, but you hate to give up that game. It's the greatest game ever invented, and it's wonderful. Terry, I'm going to let you go in a minute, but I want to give you an opportunity to talk about something I know is very near and dear to you. Jeff Miller, who's a longtime member of the media, he was in Huntsville when um, we I was a lot more active. Um has penned a book called Teammates for Life, the inspiring story of Auburn University's unbelievable, unforgettable, and utterly amazing 1972 football team then and now, which may hold the record for the longest title I've ever seen. But that aside, um, Jeff did an outstanding job on this book. I've not read it in its entirety, but your thoughts on that. And by the way, Terry has been the unofficial captain of this team since 1973. He keeps up with them. He emails them. Um, he lets everybody know what's known. He is Mr. Amazing uh, and from 1972 in a lot of ways. I've babbled on here nonsensically. Terry, tell us about your book. The book about well, you. Let me let me let me tell you let me tell you that uh you know, when Jeff sat out with me the first time he came to the state up here three days looking for all the these uh clippings there, all of the stuff that I had because I click kept everything. And uh and I told him I, you know, that I want you know, if you write this, write it about the team. Write it about the team. And when you read this book 
it is it, he he did exactly that. Uh, the time and effort he took to interview wives uh, from deceased players. Uh, he he took the time to interview the managers. He took the time to interview the ex coaches and the trainers and everything. And it is just wonderful that he did that. And it really shows you what a team we had and still do and still do because the name of it is teammates for life. And, and, and that's how we all feel. We, we leaned on each other when we needed each other and it all worked out. And I'm, I'm just very, very, very proud and honored to have been a part of that team. And, uh, and I thank each one of those guys each and every day. You can get it right through Amazon, and I'm sure at a bookstore near you. Terry, uh, continued safe travels, and we will talk again soon. I, I, you know how much I appreciate your time and your friendship. Uh, I appreciate you letting me on there, guys. Y'all take care. Thanks, sir. Thank you, Hee Haw. All right. Uh, did Bryce Young make himself the number one pick in something that's happened here over the last 24 hours. That's coming up next on Big Noon Sports. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. Work is a part of all of us. Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imaginable and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, PTA, and Federal WIOM, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. Today, I'm they got a shell going on or if they're in this coverage. Uh, I mean, it, there's so many things. You got to know when to throw hot. Um, it's so important, you know, so arm talent and arm strength is one thing, but it's a whole nother ball game when it comes to really um, diagnosing the game and dissecting the game because um, that can def- definitely take you to the next level. And you'll see guys like you just mentioned, Brock Purdy, he might not necessarily be the most incredible arm talent, but he's such a smart and signal football player and makes great decisions and does just just enough with his arm um, to make those plays that he's successful. And uh, I think that's where that comes into play. Let me uh, bring another NFL question your way because I was watching ESPN this morning and they were talking about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets in a in a trade that a, appears to be going to happen, but it hasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say they've gotten closer. Uh, you would know more on the contractual end. Is it just a matter of dot? It seems to me it's a matter of what they get in draft picks or give. Sure. Yeah, that's kind of where they're at. I think they're they're. Both sides uh, are failing to see eye to eye. You know, you know Green Bay's expecting a certain number in return, you know, pretty high capital. You know, I think they're originally going for like multiple first round picks. Obviously, the Jets don't want to give that up. Again, 39 year old quarterback who's, you know, flirting with retirement every couple months or so. Um, and yeah, he's a phenomenal quarterback. Uh, but it's just, it's just hard to really justify. Uh, giving that much up for them. And so I think, yeah, they, they got to figure that out if they're going to get this deal done. And I think I think we'll finally see a deal kind of come to fruition after the draft or right before the draft, during the draft. I think it'll make sense because then things will start playing out and I think uh, it'll almost make both sides start to kind of not give in a little bit, but they'll really have to start figuring it out, you know, once that time comes. 
You're listening to Big Noon Sports with uh, Matt Coulter and Christian Miller along with uh, Joe. We're going to take our final break and <clears throat> get back. We'll talk about uh, tomorrow, its importance on many levels. And um, a couple of other things I still got on deck. And, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll tell you where Tiger Woods uh, is in the first round at Augusta. Victor Hovland is seven under after 15. Uh, the Norwegian not running away with the first round, but he's got three shots on John Rahm, who's at minus four. You're listening to Big Moon Sports. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. From our home base in Birmingham, Alabama, we are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the home two suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Work is a part of all of us. Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imaginable and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, ETA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now that I'm pain-free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy this afternoon. A chance of showers. Maybe a thunderstorm in spots. The high 76. Tonight and tomorrow, cloudy with occasional rain. Below tonight, 57. The high tomorrow, 71. A cool day Saturday. Rain likely at times. The high 64. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 76 degrees in Tuscaloosa. What's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Back on Big Noon Sports. Appreciate y'all dialing us in today. We will not be here tomorrow. It's one of the things I really like about being a part of Town Square Media. And David DuBose, who I've literally known all of my adult life, good man, uh, they observe Good Friday, and that's a great thing, and appreciate that. All right, Kristen, I'm pulling up the leaderboard again here. Uh, Victor Hovland, Norway's uh, Norway's own, is minus 7 through 15. That's an outstanding score. Adam Scott, 
the Aussie has suddenly lit fire. He's minus five through 15. I wonder if he's a playing partner. It would look like that. Brahms minus four through 13. Others of note here, uh, Justin JT, Justin Thomas, University of Alabama, is minus one through 13. Mickelson is minus one through eight. Um, and Tiger Woods has picked it up a little bit on the back nine. Imagine that. Um, he's picked up a birdie and now is at plus two. And I think he is through 15, but I'll double check on that. So uh, do you have big plans for the Easter weekend here? Uh, not yet. I, I know I'll definitely be watching the Masters. I, I can tell you that much right now. That's, so far, it's about what I got planned. Yeah, me too. Um, and it's it's a good weekend being Easter weekend. Spend some time with your family, watch a little golf, have some good meals, and remember what this weekend is truly all about. Um, in closing, let's see what I've got on my little book here. Um, I know you're not a big baseball guy, but I got to brag on my Atlanta Braves. They jumped on the Cardinals again early. That was yesterday afternoon, and a walk out of. Uh, St. Louis, Bush Stadium with uh, broom in hand. They swept the Cardinals. And let me tell you, folks, Cardinals are good. They are every every year. I love their consistency. But I love even more the fact that uh, Atlanta went in there. On the road, they went 5-1 and one at Washington. The Nats have only won one game this year, and it was against Atlanta. I'm not going to throw anything against the wall for that. The uh, Braves are soundly in first uh, just a weekend of the season. And uh, they open at home tonight. So there you got with that. My last few things as uh, we wrap up the show, Christian. You got anything else on football? I got one more thing on Alabama. No, I, I just was going to say I, I need you to hold me accountable. Remember, I'm supposed to be the uh, the newest Braves fan here, and yeah. uh, I've I've come up short so far. I've not tuned into a Braves game yet. I watched the, the, their opening day game that was on the TV here, but I need to I need to I need to stick to it. I said I was going to be a Braves fan, so so you said that they play again. Is it tonight? Is that, is that what yeah. you said? Yeah, they're they're finally at home. Okay. All right. Well, not going to make it to the game, but I'm going to tune no. in. I'm going to make sure I tune in, Matt. And I'm going to. Well, we can't talk about it tomorrow. I won't be on here for Good Friday, but maybe, uh, maybe I can give you a report on my thoughts uh, come Monday. They host the Padres, and let me tell you, that's a team that's loaded with talent. And uh, they come in at three and three in the National League. The Braves are five and one. So. You know, it is with Major League Baseball. You do have some teams like the Nats <clears throat> and now like the Oakland A's are just not playing very well at all and, and never really do. But they're still going to beat you every once in a while, as Washington just did. What, what about uh, uh, Shoei Otani? Him, him and uh, Trout, they're teammates, right? Yeah. And they, how how they the hell do these guys them. not win uh, every single year? <laughs> like, like, I mean, I feel uh, like that literally would be equivalent to having like all right, Tom Brady when he was a little bit younger at quarterback, then on defense. Uh, I don't know. Later, Ray yeah, Lewis or, uh, you know what I mean? Like just two, like the the greats on each side. Kind. Of, I mean, like fuck you, you, you're due. You know, at least a, a couple of championships, right? You think they'd be able to lead them? I mean, it's it's like um, Gary and Ruth. Or um, more recently in my era, uh, Willie McCovey and Willie McCovey, uh, Willie Mays. 
Um, but no, that you you make a very good point. And I read just a week ago. You know, we talk about what did uh, uh, what well, not Lamar Jackson? What did uh, John Watson get per year with his contract with the Browns? Per year? Is it forty something? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, is it like forty million or it's, something? It's up there. Uh, I just, I know it's, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, basically, yeah, around forty-four, I believe. Oh, Otani is getting sixty-five million in a season. Yes, I swear <laughs> I had to read it. I had to read it twice. But um, wow, as you probably know, uh, he's not just an outstanding all-star hitter. He's an outstanding. All star pitcher, so maybe they're paying the salaries of, yeah. of two guys. Uh, it sounds so extraordinary now that I've mentioned it. I'm gonna have to look it up again because, uh, yeah, that's I mean, more than any athlete I've ever heard per year. Is no, it you? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm only Deshaun, so I guess his is about 46, which I mean, goodness, that's already a lot of money. 65. I mean, I mean, look, I. I'm not the biggest baseball expert, but I will say I, I've watched Shoei. I, I mean, and they're getting what they pay for. I mean, that he's phenomenal. It's two man. years. It's two years. Big penalty flag on me. Oh. Big penalty flags. Two for two years, but that's still thirty a year. I mean, yeah, I was, <laughs> that's still a lot of money, man. <laughs> but again, I, I, I think he's day. I think he's worth every penny, though. Oh, you know what? Uh, going back before he got to the Angels, he got in Major League Baseball. Uh, 60 Minutes did a full segment on Shohei Otani, mm-hmm. and it was amazing what he was doing in Japan. I mean, he would pitch uh, a one-hit shutout, and he'd have two or three home runs. Um, I mean, he's a, he was a one-man baseball team. Matt, better than Ruth? He hasn't proved it yet. <laughs> No way. Ruth Ruth still has better numbers on the hill because uh, Otani hasn't uh, played that often. Mm. But I don't think he's anywhere close to him as a hitter. I mean, Ruth just destroyed teams. But uh, a lot of people thought uh, Sajahara O oh, was better than Ruth and Aaron. <laughs> nobody, in the, nobody even listening to this show right now knows who Sajahara O oh is. But I, I don't. I can tell you that. <laughs> he was the he was the Ruth of Japan back in the days that we were also watching Henry Aaron here. And I think when it was all said and done, he had like 860 home runs. Wow. Um, he was a phenomenal player. Um, I just remember his name and his stats because I am a baseball geek. Mm. And, um, I don't, I, and I, I'm okay with that. So, well, I, I know we're short on time, but you mentioned a football note. You, you think you got time to throw it in there? Real quick? Yeah, I, you know, I mentioned it earlier. We just we went into detail about the wide receivers being um, with more swag, uh, mm-hmm. offensive line nastiness. I like hearing that too. Absolutely, yeah. No, I, I, I think that's exactly what they need. I think that that's a great place to start. I mean, obviously, I'm sure every position could improve, right? But um, again, everything starts up front in the trenches. And I, I think those guys set the tone, both both sides of the ball, honestly, up front. But, you know, 
if you want to run the ball, you got to have a physical, nasty offensive line. So you start there. And again, uh, I think some receivers with some attitude, you know, that, that kind of swagger, you know, when they're running those routes, getting open, going deep, you know, taking the top off defenses. Uh, I think that's something we kind of got away from last year. And I would love to see that return. Yeah, I think Alabama's going to run between the tackles a little bit more this year. No we'll see. Uh, hey, have a great, have a great good Friday and Easter, everyone. Talk to you Monday at noon. Thanks.